Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I am so excited about this episode where we're going to be talking about friendship and tribe. A tribe to me is really your soul family, a group of people that have your back, that you can connect with, your friends, the family you get to choose. And the benefits of having a tribe are undeniable. People with strong social circles are living longer, happier, and healthier lives compared to those who lack connections. But how do we find and maintain those circles? Today, we live in an uber-connected era where everyone is able to make friends with the swipe of a finger and it seems like we're all connected, yet we're not connecting in a way that truly makes us feel fulfilled. So what do we do? How do we form the kind of circles and connections that fill our soul? Well, that's exactly what my dear friend Lori Harder and I discuss in today's Coach's Corner. Inspired by Lori's own journey through loss, loneliness, and disconnection, and her fears of remaining an outsider and never reaching her dreams, she wrote A Tribe Called Bliss. Step by step, she lights the way to show you how you can achieve deep, meaningful relationships that accelerate and support your highest potential, while providing the tools to ensure unshakable faith in yourself and your journey. One thing we didn't dive into much is Lori's background. So let me brag about her a bit because she's not only a friend, but also a client. So I'm super proud of her because I've had the honor of witnessing firsthand the inner and outer work she's done. Lori Harder is a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. She's grown two multi-million dollar businesses as a successful entrepreneur and networking marketing professional. She's an author, cover model, and three-time fitness world champion who offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and financial freedom. She's helped thousands of people connect with their soul, transform their bodies, empower their mind, gain financial independence, and fall in love with themselves and their life. Throughout her career, she's appeared on so many magazines on the cover and in them. She's helped thousands of people, like I said, through her passion for human potential. She created the Bliss Project, which is something I got to speak at, and the Bliss Habit Online course. And now, this book we're going to talk about, A Tribe Called Blissed. Bottom line, she's a rock star, truly with a heart of gold. I love this woman. Like you'll hear in the show, I always stay at her house with her and her amazing husband, Chris, and she is just so much fun and she has so much depth and she truly is a woman that is walking the talk. So listen in and join Lori and I as we encourage you to embrace a new way of being, belonging, and building community by forming your own tribe, a tribe called Bliss. Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Christine, I'm so excited to be here. Thank <laughs> you for having me on. We're laughing because we just did like five minutes and realized we weren't recording. So we're trying to be like new and authentic oh, again. Hi. Oh, hi again. <laughs> thank God it's you for real. And I really, you know what? Sometimes with listeners, it's so great for them to hear this. Like, yeah. oh, this happens. This happens. You just don't realize you're not recording. So we'll go back to what we were talking, we're talking about, about though. Like yep. just we, we're getting getting to do this in person. Yes, we're getting to do this in person. I'm at Lori's house right now, mm-hmm. which is basically my home in LA. Mm-hmm. And you and Chris take me in whenever I'm up in LA. And I love, love staying here. And it was really one of the ways we all became closer because mm-hmm. when I first had to move out, you said, hey, if you ever need a place to stay, and I was like, oh, your house is amazing <laughs> and you're amazing. And I love waffles, which is their dog, not, <laughs> not the food, but the food's good too. Mm. And it's just been such a great way to get to know you and connect and really, really, like see how much you support and how much you love your friends and how much you create Mm. a tribe. And I'm just so grateful to be part Mm. of your tribe, which is what we're going to talk about today. Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for that, for Mm. saying that. And also just for how you show up here even, because I think that is, and I know we were, of course we were just talking about this, but that is what I'm talking about with relationships is if we weren't willing to have open conversations about how we could work together, right? Mm-hmm. How we could have a relationship together, mm-hmm. uh, then we would have never been able to yeah. see each other yeah. because, you know, for you, you're traveling all the time. Yep. And also for me, it's like, we're either traveling or we're really busy at the house or we have team here. And it was kind of like, when I offered you can stay, I also had a feeling that you could be somebody who could just kind of come in, do your own thing where I wouldn't mm-hmm. have to be this host of Mm-mm. where I, I, cause we have this expectation of what type of host we want to be, right? right? Host, hostess. And for me, it was like, oh my God, I hope she does not think 
you We're know, hang out all the time oh my God. <laughs> or, or negatively about me if I can't spend all of this time with no. her. And that was a real conversation. Yep, yep. And that's kind of like finding, I think that's what stops so many people from having the type of friendships that they desire. Cause from the outside, I bet people look in and say, Oh my God, how are you two? Like you're great friends. How did that happen? And she shows up for you at bliss project. And you know, Christine and goes and speaks whenever you need her. And it's like, we make it work. Yes. It's like, how do you enjoy showing up the most for your friends and how can we make this work amongst two really busy lives? And to be honest, it looks great. It might look crazy to some people like, okay, she just comes and stays and I haven't even talked to you really. And you've been here. (laughs) I know. Like, I think we had a five minute coffee this morning. Well, and we met in the pantry when we both were snacking. (laughs) I go around the pantry and the light is off in the pantry and I'm like, Oh Oh, yeah. I know know where the chocolate is. I don't need the light. What, what is that? Is that like dogs don't need light either because they're like sonar or whatever yeah. with their, I don't even, or is that cats with their whiskers? I don't know, but I have it for chocolate. <laughs> whatever it is. Totally. But I think what, you know, what we're talking about here is just creating agreements and like clear communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that is reflective because we both have had like girl drama yep. and girl trauma and friendship trauma. And we've shared stories about how we've both felt like loners and separate mm-hmm. and not belonging. And we've both done our work around that so mm-hmm. that you can have the kind of relationships that are so fulfilling and that are so easy and that are expectation free and mm. that can just continue to like co-create and, and fully love and accept each other for who we are and be cheering for each other. Cause that's one thing that I love about our relationship is I always feel like you're cheering for me and mm. I'm always cheering for you. And there's not that, that competition or, um, assumptions or any of those things that go on. Mm. And, and in a lot of ways it's, I think the upgraded friendship mm-hmm. that we're seeing so much and that we're realizing is possible. And that's a lot what you write about in this beautiful mm-hmm. book I have sitting in front of me, A Tribe mm-hmm. Called Bliss, which is amazing. <laughs> we're going to tell everybody how to get the book, but it's, it's just, it's, it's not just beautiful in terms of its beautiful cover, but what you're sharing in this book mm-hmm. is so powerful. Can you, I have a lot of questions about it, but let's start with your wife are writing this. Mm. You know, and I just, I want to circle back to how this fits into my why with just what is here and now in my friendship with you. And it reminds me of, cause so much of the book is from different things that have happened at the bliss project, wanting women to carry that momentum. And the bliss mm-hmm. project was so much from, you know, my childhood and wanting to make sure that women always have these different tribes, no matter what happens in their life and that they never feel isolated and they'll always have a room to go into and be loved mm-hmm. and accepted. And honestly, even when that first started, I don't know if I could have had you come and speak so powerfully like the first year because Mm -hmm. I was still doing the work around my feeling enough. You know, that was six years ago. And I remember standing this last year watching you speak and realizing what happens when you do the work. I was so enamored with you and I Mm. felt so empowered and powerful because of how powerfully you were showing up. And that is the difference is when instead of looking at a woman and, and saying, you know, when she is just full on in her light where she even just, you know, it's, she's such a magnet as far as the energy she's putting out and what she's sharing and just her brilliance, but also so stunning because those things make them even more stunning. You're like, you were stunning already. And how are you like, you just turned like (laughs) goddess factor and it takes a lot of work to be around all of that light. And that's also what we're talking about today is I just was looking at you on stage going, I, I felt like I had your superpower. And that's when you know Mm -hmm. that you are doing the work is when you actually adopt that woman's light and it is now yours and you are like, she feels like a sister and not only a sister, but you actually feel like it's yours. Yeah. And that is powerful. And I don't think women know how possible that is mm-hmm. when you, it's not just about let's have all these friends. It's okay, but let's be the person who can handle what comes with these types of really strong, rooted, grounded, powerful yep. female relationships. Yep. Yeah, that's, I love that you're saying that because it's not only the appreciation of seeing each other in our light, but Mm -hmm. knowing it's a reflection Mm. and the way it, the way that it radiates from you may be different. It may Mm -hmm. look different or be in different forms, but it's the same power. And it's so beautiful that we all have our unique expression. Cause I felt the same way watching Mm. you up on stage with all the women in the room and 
just like everything from your depth to your goofiness mm. to your, like the full range of Lori. <laughs> I felt like the Lori that I know bouncing around this house and the mm. Lori on stage, it, there's such congruency there. Mm. And it was just like this full, authentic expression of that. Mm. So it was, it's, it was beautiful to, to witness and to watch. And, and again, we spot it, we got it. Right? Yeah, and I think a lot of times that. we talk about jealousy and comparison, which is something that all of us do. And I think that a lot of women do with each yeah. other. You know, you just go on your Instagram feed and you can go down a rabbit hole of jealousy For sure. and comparison. <laughs> um, and, and not realizing that anything that you see in someone else is, ju- is something that you have. Mm-hmm. You may express it differently, but you're just not owning it. Mm-hmm. Not, you're not owning it. And I feel like you're really becoming an advocate and a voice for women really owning their superpower, mm. how, whatever it is and however it expresses. Mm. Was that something that was... Well, I kind of know the answer, but we'll ask that. Okay. <laughs> was that something that was easy for you to step into or what was your journey around owning that? First of all, I'm so glad that's recorded because I just want to hear that over and over oh, again. That's like yeah. the best compliment ever. Um, I, I feel like the thing that we might be rejecting or thinking we have to cover up, it, what I always thought is the goofiness and the um, inability to pay attention for long periods of time <laughs> and the over dreaming and the massive, like just wanting to be creative and play. Like I thought that was my weakness. Yeah. So I went to the extreme other side of, I have to be really serious all of the time to be mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. It, that's just, I think that was just what we, the old model, like yeah. think back, 10 years ago, we just weren't seeing the playfulness, the rawness, the reality. Um, so in my mid twenties, I was just like, well, I must have to be really, I think it was more in my world through my eyes. What I had perceived was that you had to be really smart. You had to, you know, academics were so huge. And for me, I was not, you know, I didn't go to college. I was homeschooled through high school. So I built the story even more. And that's all I saw was how important academics were. And I really suppressed that other side of me, which was the side that made me me. So there's just like the shell who just started working like a maniac. And while I learned how to make things happen from that, I was always exhausted. I was really lonely. I was never feeling truly fulfilled. And I was, something was always missing. Yeah. There was always an asterisk. It was like, yeah, you achieved this. And wow, you did these huge things. And people would even, it was like, they were even loving me. Like I could see that things were really shifting and, and that it was like I was earning or I was becoming this person that I wanted to become, except it didn't feel like how I wanted it to feel mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I really did it because I was missing. I knew I did it, but I mean the, the me, yeah. right? The me who felt like I was hiding the best part from everyone. Yeah. And it was such a process stepping into that. Because it was, uh, you feel like you're not going to be loved or accepted. And I didn't have anything to model it after. There weren't people who I felt were being really authentic. I mean, there were some people being authentically smart in them, but at the same time, I didn't see a whole lot of other models and I didn't see imperfection out there, you know? Well, I love what you said, the side, you were suppressing the side that makes me, me. Mm. And What's so fascinating about that is part of the reason that for so many of us that gets suppressed is because someone fully self-expressed makes other people uncomfortable. Oh God. Yes. And so you being you Mm. triggers in someone else who's not being themselves that awareness. All Mm. this is unconscious usually. So you being a goofball or whatever, Mm -hmm. you could have heard from a parent or a friend or whatever, like why are you being so silly or calm down or be quiet or Mm -hmm. whatever? And we all kind of get those kind of comments when we're just being us because it makes other people uncomfortable. Mm. So then we misinterpret it and go, oh, something must be wrong with me. When Mm. really what's going on is a lot of times people don't know how to handle authentic authentic self-expression. It makes people incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So how do you still notice that you being you sometimes makes other people uncomfortable or sometimes make other people question. Do you still get that? Or is that something that you just don't even see anymore? I don't see it as much anymore, but I, I did in the, it's so funny who's placed in our lives. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to try to keep this as nonchalant as possible or like incognito <laughs> yeah. here. Um, but there was definitely someone who played a huge role in my life that I, I cannot, every time a little part of me would show up, it would be suppressed or told like, you're such a weirdo or stop that. You're such a nerd. And, you know, in, but this, this 
oh my God, I'm having one of those moments where I'm looking back to all of my relationships. And that was the theme. Mm-hmm. Like the, the friends that I was attracted to would always say, you're such, why are you such a weirdo? Or like, wow. it just little comments like that, even though we were close friends, but that would be their way of dealing with my humor. Yeah. And it might even be like a playful way, but it'd be like, God, you're such a freak or you're so weird. And that was just my whole life. I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you're so funny. It was, you're such a weirdo. Right. Cause they probably didn't know how to play with you or meet no, you where you were. There was no playing they were, back. Mm-hmm. They were held, held, held back or uncomfortable or self-conscious in, in whatever way. It was always, you know what it was? I was always attracted to the cool girl cause she was popular. Yeah. So like I was like the groupie. Usually. Mm-hmm. And I even found that in my other, even, even in different fitness careers, like with people that were maybe role models or things like that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's weird. Well, well, we, we <laughs> yeah, it is. And it isn't because we attract the button pushers mm-hmm. that I think there's different phases of the people in our life. We attract yeah. in so much of our growth and development, we attract the button pushers. Yeah. And then we start to move into soul family, mm-hmm. but in order to recognize our soul family and our true tribe, we have to attract all the button pushers or um, where I got my grad school degree, they call them stackers. Wow. You know, the people that will just show us, show us where we get triggered. Mm-hmm. And those people are so valuable. I mean, so valuable. I'm thinking right now to the one that I, re- I actually remember when social media and video and everything, when I was really starting to come out more and I wanted to do a lot more video and I loved it. It just felt like a modality where I could be goofy. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is the first time I can actually just show it. Like, post it and run and be like, how did that go over? Is there a bunch of weirdo comments or do people resonate? Like, so that was really exciting for me. And I, I remember it was kind of like this coming out around this person that I'd uh, like mentored with a bit. And I just thought, oh my God, I have to get over this with this. And it was like, I can't even tell you what it felt like. It felt like, you know, that, you know, what is that? I think it's in New York, like the, I don't, can't remember where it is, but it's the little girl with the bull, like the face off. Oh yes. That's, it feel, it feels like a face off. And it's like the moment of you either have to, like, you know, you have to own this part of you or you're going to be in so much pain and and this thing is going to keep running you over. Yeah. Like, it's just going to, you're not going to get over it unless you face it. Yeah. And unless you, and I think that there's this in between the stackers or the button pushers mm-hmm. and the soul family, there's often a gap where there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people yes. because the person that you have to get comfortable with is yourself. Mm-hmm. So before the tribe and the soul family can come in and be like, I love your weirdness. I'm going to be weird with you. (laughs) I'm going to eat in the dark pantry with you and be weird. (laughs) Um, Before that comes in, we have to get to a certain level of self-acceptance. Yes. And just be like, you know what? I don't care if no one gets me. Like I get me and I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. And it's from that place we can attract. It's from like that inside out place. Did you find that, that you had to get to a level of not caring inside yourself before you started bringing in the people that really got you and saw you? Totally. And and it's almost like we, if we really sit and look at it or look back, if you're, if you've moved past this, it's it's like, we know that Mm -hmm. I think we always know. It's like, I always knew that I was going to have to just deal with what came with being me because I had to just be me and love me and figure it out from there. And I think what the figure it out meant for me from there is that I knew that it would be okay. If you had that where you're just like, I know it's going to be okay, but this is the hard block right now. Yeah. That's how I've been in this whole, where am I living situation? And like something finally has panned out, but it was Mm -hmm. like that in between. It's, it's like surrender because what you're doing right now is not working. You know, that's like where I was at. I'm like this, me pretending to be someone else or trying to fit in because I think that's the whole thing is my whole life. I've just been trying to fit in and and find the place that I fit. And that's, you'll never find it unless you say, no, I'm going to just decide to be me and see who wants to come. Yeah. God, that's like so powerful. It's so powerful because then you're not fitting into anything. Mm -hmm. You're creating it. Yeah. You're creating it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a great segue back to this book, Tribe Called Bliss. Everybody go get it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is about... It's about creating your tribe, but it's about so much more than that. So mm-hmm. let's start with with why you wrote it and what your definition of a tribe is. Mm. Why did I write it? I wrote it because I want to. I want the book to act as a facilitator of 
relationships and conversations that we're not having. And I think we're always one conversation away from a really good friend or one conversation away from um, solving something really challenging in our life or one conversation away from ending the relationship that needs to end and move forward. (laughs) Except we just don't know how to have the conversations because I grew up in a family where we weren't having these conversations. And if we were, they were, they were yelling matches, you know, and that's how most families are. It's like, we wait until it's so bad that Mm. it's, it's not a conversation. It's a fight. So, and you don't know how to, you obviously, you're not going to get the outcome that you want when that's the way that you're having the conversation, a very loud one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, it was like when things started to shift in my life, I realized that I had to start being more me, which Mm -hmm. meant owning my voice. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how to do that. I'd never seen, I I had never Mm. seen a solid female version really own how she felt in her voice and set boundaries. Uh. And that was so huge for me. So the conversations are really um, about, you know, releasing expectations. What are your boundaries? How are, you know, how could we make this work? What would this relationship look like if we did want to enter a relationship um, with female friends? Mm -hmm. And also the book was also written because I started having those events six years ago. And they would say how magical the weekend was. And it was so amazing. They felt great for, you know, two weeks after. And yes, their life shifted, but they couldn't recreate the connection and the magic that was in the room back when they got home into Mm -hmm. a new environment or into Mm -hmm. their old environment. And while they could still make things happen, just like you and I can make things happen if we push, 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 um, it wasn't the same. It wasn't like with ease and flow and fun. And it's not going to all be that, but when you have a group of friends or you have like-minded people and you're discussing and you're moving through and you're processing and, and everyone's saying, Oh my God, me too. I thought I was alone in that. It's like, there's so much power in that. And I, I wanted to be able to have the book be a facilitator long after the event was over so that you could facilitate your own tribe and do exactly what happened in the room and carry those relationships through your year as you're also growing. So the book is about being a facilitator of relationships and also being a facilitator of your growth. Mm. Well, because the kind of friend you are to yourself Mm. is going to impact how you create friends and how you create tribes. Because yes, the book is about creating a tribe mm-hmm. and having relationships, but it's also a personal development book in some totally. ways. Oh my God. So talk about that part of it because mm. I, I believe that our external friendships are a reflection of how we are with how, the kind of friend we are to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the better we are to ourselves, the more real, the more authentic, the better agreements we keep with ourselves, the better self-communication and self-care that we have with ourselves that that's reflective in our friendships. Mm, so absolutely. How, how, what do you think about that? Uh, so, well, the seven, there's seven sacred agreements in there. And honestly, the agreements, you could just apply them to your own life and you'd watch your life transform and you'd watch your tribe come. But since it's, you know, a, a book based on building your tribe as well, the agreements that come to mind that you as a person have to really, if, if we just applied these daily, we would shift so much and become magnets that we wouldn't even have to read the rest of the book. Like we could just, we could probably just apply these agreements and the ones that really come to mind when we're thinking about relationship with ourself, um, which creates relationships with others. Obviously it, it, that's how we're treating mm-hmm. other people as well. Um, is release expectations. Mm-hmm. That one's huge. I get that one. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, it's the story of my life. Yeah. Um, boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, I just might as well say story of my life for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> boundaries and forgiveness and don't take it personal. But those are my top, those are actually my favorite ones out of the seven. Um, what are the other three? Um, let's see. Uh, be your own guru. Mm. And you know what, Christine? I forgot the other two. Um, I can listen to the book. <laughs> I, can listen to I know, right like here. the book's right oh, in no front of Oh, God. Well, that one's huge too. They're all... See, yeah. I'm telling you, that's that's why there's seven. Like yeah. I tried to stop before that, but f yourself, f yourself, forgiveness, oh, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. forgiveness. No gossip. Don't take it personally. Fierce boundaries. Be authentic. Oh yeah, be always authentic. be on a guru. Release expectations. See, I don't know if I can leave one out. I don't know. Yeah, no, they're all really, they're all <laughs> really, really, really great. And I, I agree with you. Like applying them to yourself is is a life changer. And then when you do that, it's so much easier to do it with other people. Oh my god. And I, you know, I, I want to start with expectations because I think we're not entering 
into relationships because of expectations. I think we're stopping before we start because of, and it's not even necessarily that it depends on what type of person you are. You might not be starting because of expectations on them, but for me, I'm typically not starting because of expectations on myself, Mm -hmm. like what I think they're expecting from me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like, and then what I feel like they will be let down by if I don't show up as. Mm -hmm. So my old version of what I thought was um, a best friend, you know, cause we have this old, old idea of best. Okay. Well, this is my idea. Okay. Did you ever watch Anne of Green Gables? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, of course I've heard of it. Okay. It's not coming to, I don't know if I So you don't it. need to watch it, but what okay. it's about basically is this, um, orphan who is adopted, who finds this best friend and her name is, uh, Diana Barry and they call each other kindred spirits. Like they, mm-hmm. it literally is like the dream best like romance novels but for best friends yes and they are like ride or die beyond any Mm. you know like boyfriends first loves things like that so you are just like in this like sex in the city friendship right like but better and so when i was little i was just so obsessed with this like it was one of my favorite um miniseries like shows and and I was always looking for my Diana Barry and I didn't even realize how much she totally effed me over with that movie. <laughs> I was like, no, that nobody is fulfilling yeah. this checklist. Yeah. And so, you know, because it just made it look like you would be there for each other for everything. And mm-hmm. when this X, Y, and Z happened, you'd go and cry and you'd get through it with right. this. And, and I just had such high expectations that nobody ever fulfilled those. And, you know, and I, I wanted to show up for that person in that way as well. And I just think I probably showed up in a really overwhelming way as well. Mm. Um, so expectations on ourselves, expectations on a relationship. And I know that my whole life, even in my mid twenties, it was like, I was always looking for a best friend checklist. Like yeah. she has to be adventurous. She has to like fitness. She has to like this. And, you know, all these things that even when I started changing, okay, well now she has to like spirituality yeah. too, because if I can't talk to her about all of this stuff and go down the rabbit hole with her, then I'm going to have a real hard time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how many people I was missing. Like mm-hmm. by, I was blocking expectations, block the blessing of a relationship. They block the blessing of connection. They really, you, you can't ever get past it when you're looking and waiting for them to fulfill something that you're missing. Yeah. And it's like, I talk so much in the book about instead of um, expectation, like really learn to accept, but also just when you stop expectation, you actually see why they're meant to come into your life. Yeah. And it's this whole like one best friend and bestie thing. Mm. That that's an expectation. Mm-hmm. I even say in romantic relationships, don't look to your partner to fulfill the whole checklist. Like that's oh why God. you need a tribe, and that's why you're using the word tribe, not a friend called bliss. Mm-hmm. This is book is called a tribe called bliss because yeah. expecting one person to be your everything in terms of a friendship is too much. And I'm sure I have different friends I go to for different things, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to have to know that you have a group of people, and and that I really do feel like all my desires and friendship are met. Yep. Me but too. not in one person. Totally not in one person. Yeah. And that would be so challenging for that person yeah. and for us. Like, yeah. and it, that's the whole thing is there should be so, I, that's why the, the idea of tribe is so beautiful. Is it just, once you know who your people are for what it's yeah. like, it's, it's beyond magical because that person who brings that one magical thing into your life, what you don't realize is because they're so different from you, they're also bringing in massive perspective that you would never get if you had your checklist. Absolutely. It's like, yes, this woman might be here for me because I am obsessed with going to yoga with her, but I don't have a family and she has a family and I would have never been attracted to that at this point in my life. But because she has a family, I'm learning so much about what it looks like to be in her world, to be a mother. And now I'm also understanding my mother. And now I'm also Mm -hmm. understanding, um, you know, all of my friends over here who are mothers, like we'd be missing out on these beautiful gifts from people because we prejudge people. I have a friend, um, Lindsay Sikornik Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. bliss and she always says collect people. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, you know, some people might say that's a negative connotation. I think it's such a beautiful connotation to be like, no, collect people for different areas of your life. And she said that there was this mother that she was so annoyed by that would like always be, um, at the school dropping off her kids, but she was always like dressed to the nines and like everything was perfect early in the morning 
morning and Lindsay's like, you know, got like cereal in her hair and like dropping her kids off. And she was like, you know, so she just looked at this woman like, like oh, so annoyed with her because she thought she was really shallow. And, um, you know, she said, what what is good about this woman? Like, how can I love this woman? Like, how can I see what her genius is? And she was like, you know what? I love fashion. I would love to get a little bit more of that into yeah, my life. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I'm going to be interested because she's just dead on with fashion. Like there must be a lot of, so she went down that rabbit hole of, there must be so much intention that goes into that. And there's must be, you know, such a backstory of why she feels like she always wants to show up in this way. And there mm. also must, must be a lot of enjoyment in that too. Mm. So instead, she got really curious and then started talking I to her that. and she said she learned so much about fashion and also it added to her life yeah. of where to shop how to dress yourself like all of these beautiful things that if we could just get past it it's like they became friends like yeah. this beautiful friends but just in that arena so I think curiosity is one of the most underused superpowers we mm. have in terms of creating connection I agree it's not our personality it's not courage it's not any of those things it's just being curious if you're mm. curious about another person one it just creates immediate intimacy because mm -hmm. you're just genuinely curious and everyone loves to talk about themselves, right? So when someone's curious about you, it's like, oh, wow, you're really interested. Mm. And like when you're genuinely in that framework of curiosity, you're not worried about your own insecurities. You're not self-conscious, any of those things. And mm -hmm. it, it gets past the triggers because it puts us in that childlike state of like wonderment and mm. exploration and understanding and just mm -hmm. wanting to know. So mm -hmm. I love that. I, I feel like that's like a connection superpower is that curiosity. It is. It's changed my life going into intimidating rooms for yeah. sure. And you know, in a, any room can be intimidating. Like sure. when I moved to California, I mean, soul cycle was super intimidating yeah. to yeah. me. I'm like, Oh, what do I do? How do I clip in? I've never worn these shoes before like this. <laughs> and everyone just looked like beautiful and they were like, it seemed so easy. And yeah. I was like, and it, there was no space to move around. And I just felt like in the way. And, and the thing is, is like curiosity for me helped so much, even right down to like, Hey, how are you? Do you come here often? Yeah. Could you help me do yeah. this? Like yeah. what? And just meeting people day to day in California, if you can get out of your head, right? Because right. It's so easy to slip back into our head and feel like we need to be interesting or we need to offer something or we don't feel valuable to people. And if you can just go back to asking questions, like the one thing is I talk so much about just having better questions in here because mm. even podcasting has taught me so much. I used to worry so much about getting on, you know, and, and talking to these brilliant people that yes. I was so nervous to talk to. And I thought if I have just a bunch of amazing questions where I really sat and thought about them of what do I really want to know from this person? Yes. Or what do I really want to know from this moment? Or what are they really saying? Because sometimes we can get so caught in the questions right. that we're like, we're I'm not listening to, listen. to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we listen and we let, when we let go, I think that's the huge thing. Yeah. And I feel it in my body. Like yeah. if I can just like, okay, breathe and let go, like mm -hmm. remind yourself to let go and just be, when you're curious and you come from that place, it just takes over. It totally takes over. And let yourself be weird. Like that's another thing. I've given myself permission to um, forgive myself. Yeah. And that's why forgiveness is such a huge part of this book is because the the language in my head used to be, oh my God, you weirdo. Why did you say that? That was so weird. What a weird joke. Why are you saying? And now it's like, stop it. You're good. You're being you. They're a yeah. human. How do you relate to a human? You yeah, be the you most be human, human version mm -hmm. of you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I still, that's a huge practice for me. It's mm. a huge practice for me to just always forgive myself in the moment and also just be, you know, I, I hate to just keep saying like, forgive yourself because you're not being bad by being you, but that's, a, that's well, I like, I think we're forgiving the judgment against Yeah. Ourself. Forgiving the judgment. There yeah. we go. That's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So on the forgiveness track, a lot of people listening have had, as we kind of referenced before girl drama, trauma, friendship yeah. trauma for the men too. I know it happens in male relationships too. Um, can you maybe talk about a time where y you've had to forgive that and get over mm. that and, and how, how that was an impediment to creating a tribe and then mm. any tips for people to be done with that story mm. and, and really not let that, because that, that's something at every retreat, especially when it's an all women retreat, it always shows up in opening circle. I feel really uncomfortable in a group of women. I don't trust all women. Making female friends is hard for me. I hear that a lot, which is why I'm so mm. glad this book is up there, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. 
So layers, man, Mm -hmm. there's so many layers to dive into right here. But something that I want to share just, just off of what you said is, you know, we have so many relationships in our life, family relationships, you know, especially, um, women with dating, with their partners, with their spouses, how many times have we been hurt by them, but we go back for more, you know, we're like, okay, again, okay, we're okay. We're going to learn and we're going to go again. We're going to learn and we're going to go again. Okay. Well, females are no different. We've got to learn and we've got to go again and we've got to learn and we've got to go again. And the thing about, um, friendships is they're super disposable because we're not willing to have the conversations mm-hmm. like marriages and dating typically work. Cause we're a bit more bought into having the tough conversations. Like, wow, that fight was awful, but yeah. we know we're kind of committed to each other. So yeah. let's try to work through it. We don't have that agreement with the woman. Mm-hmm. So we're like, that was awful. You were awful. You're supposed to be my perfect sister. See ya. And it's done. Right. Yeah. It's like, or the, there's nothing said. You just ghost a friend said. or, yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or, make or you're super resentful yeah. and you allow it and you allow it and you allow it until you're so upset that you're like, that's it. I'm done with this relationship. And you never spoke about it mm-hmm. ever. So we're taking two totally different backstories, putting them together and thinking that we already have each other's expectations and checklists and agreements. Um, we believe that they're the same. <laughs> And they're not even close Mm -hmm. to the same. Mm -hmm. Even if it is like you're, you feel like you are making this massive soul connection with someone and you're like, oh my God, she's amazing. Like, I know we've all had those moments and, and then we're even more scared to enter in because we're even more scared to get hurt or let them down. And it's like, what if we entered into these with agreements, like how we enter into a relationship once you've been hurt a few times, you're like, okay, well, guess what? On this first date, I'm going to lay down a couple things and say how I feel and what I will and won't accept, you know, but you, you say it in a way that you've kind of learned to dance around, like dance with, or you say it in a way that's a little bit, um, you know, like loving, but you're saying how you feel. So that's the conversation that I open up in the book around female relationships, because it's just another relationship. You will absolutely get hurt again. You will get hurt by your best friend and you will decide if you want to stay with it, but you'll have the open conversation around it. Um, so I think when women are in circles and when we get to this place of, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I've been hurt by women before. Uh, Of course you have. Yeah. Because they're a human and you've hurt people too. And you don't even realize it. Um, and that's just, that's just the case. So, um, something around that is just, I wanted to create, uh, the conversation beforehand and I wanted the book to be the weird facilitator for you (laughs) so that you could be like, (laughs) you could be like, you know, this, I have to just tell you that this is something that's coming up for me, but I teach you how to kind of bring it back to you Mm -hmm. again. Um, not, you know, project onto them by saying you did this and you make me feel this way. Um, and really bring this conversation into the norm and into the light. Otherwise you will forever find yourself in a circle saying, I am afraid of women. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll always be a victim of women and, and not realize the power of it. I think that one, one of the reasons women struggle in relationships, women's hormones are off, women struggle from depression, they feel stressed, is because it's in our DNA to be in a circle, to Mm, be in a tribe. It's like, you know, when the men were out hunting, we were together. Mm -hmm. We're not loners. We're meant to sit and to share and to connect and to talk and to support each other. Like that is, that. I feel like that's just in our cells. Absolutely. And the fact that we're so segregated and we're Mm -hmm. only focused on our relationship or our kids or our job, I feel like women do not make friendship a priority Mm -hmm. as much as we should. And it's, so now there's so many studies coming out now Mm -hmm. that people are really starting to look at, you know, what is making people live longer? What is making people happier? I'm like, I'm so obsessed that they're doing so much research Mm -hmm. on happiness. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a UCLA study in the book talking about how when women have that, you know, that fight or flight response, they typically go find other women. And when we're together, when women are physically in contact, like together, even in the same room near each other, we release oxytocin. And what does that do? It's like a huge way to fight stress. It's like uh, protecting against disease. So there's no doubt, like so many people that I I look at just even kind of in my life who've been so many women mm-hmm. who've been so isolated mm-hmm. have so many 
issues like yes. diseases and yes. autoimmune diseases. And I'm like, they're never, they don't go to a class. They're never around women. They don't get out. Yep. And our bodies are, are created to actually like humans in connection are the medicine that keeps us going. Mm. And that's such a crazy thought because for so long, I just thought I'm better off alone. And I know so many women think that and you yeah. isolate yourself, guilt, shame, fear, thinking you're alone, or scared, just being too busy. Not, being too busy yeah. Yes. And you're like, why am I so stressed? Yeah. Why am I so tired? And then you get with a friend and you have like one 30 minute coffee and you can take on the world for the next two weeks. Yeah. Or even like, okay, so I came home last night. I was going through a little bit of a rough time mm -hmm. and we spent maybe three minutes in the kitchen together Yeah, and you gave me a hug and it's like, that just like filled mm. my soul, you know, it was just like, and when you have these kind of connections and friendships, you don't need much, you know, you don't, you need, don't need to spend mm -hmm. a three hour lunch together. It's like when, when you invest in your tribe and you invest in that connections, just a little check-in mm -hmm. does so, so, so much. Mm. And we're not, I think there's too much there's too many accolades for this independent woman thing. Yeah, I agree. We are interdependent. And mm -hmm. I, I don't, when people are like, oh, you're so independent. I'm like, please don't use that word. <laughs> no, I, no I, let me show you my friends. Here's some pictures. I depend on her, her, and her. Yeah, I depend on all these people. Like, and that's fine. I need, like, I yeah. need them. Like, I needed you last night. Like, it was like, and like, it, mm. it just is so, I think that we especially today, put so much expectation on ourselves to get through so much on our own mm. versus realizing we don't have to. Mm -hmm. And with friendship, it's not like your friend has to solve the problem. Just somebody listening to you is all Amen. you need. Amen. And I, and I, first of all, me too. Like I was there last night too. I was, cause I'm just in grind mode right now, mm -hmm. you know, and it was even just one minute out to be like, <sighs> what's going on? Like, yeah. let's just connect for a minute. Let's just yeah. say, yeah, that sucks, but here we are. Yeah. And, and let's hug. Cause yeah. that's all I know to do right now. <laughs> and drink turmeric gold. But it's so funny. If you really, it's true. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about what, because that was a physical shift in my body. Like yeah. when I felt you feeling that way, my body was like, hug her. And yeah. what I would have done in the past is say, don't hug her. That might be weird right now. Like maybe mm. she just wants to be left alone okay. or so if women were taking more cues from our bodies, yes, we'd be so much healthier. Yes. Like I used to think it was so weird that sometimes I'd be with my friends and I'd want to like play with their hair or nurture yep. them or you know what I mean? Like just when you really feel close to someone, like let me massage your hand or something like that. Yes. Like that might sound so weird to some women. There are reasons that we're feeling that way. Absolutely, I feel like we did that as little girls. We too. totally did that. Yep. If, when you watch little girls play, they're playing with each other's hair. Yep. They're like playing with each other's hands or bracelets mm -hmm. or yeah. you know just this nurturing, loving. And now we're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think I'm like a weirdo or trying to hit on her. Like. <laughs> 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 we get way in our heads. Yeah. When our heads are usually often the least useful, but our oh bodies God. and our intuition, like we just know, like we know how to be there. And this goes back again, especially to those people in heterosexual relationships where women in re relationships with men, there's just certain needs that men don't fulfill because mm -hmm. they're not, they don't have a female brain. And mm -hmm. that's where we get those needs met from our girlfriends and, and from our tribe. So I mean, I, I think people really feel and know how important it is. And I really want to help the people who are like, okay, but how? Mm -hmm. Like, where do I start? Where I feel mm -hmm. really isolated. I live in a city where I'm the only one that listens to this podcast. I, you know, I don't even know where to begin. Mm. Where does somebody begin? So I, I actually love this question because that's how, you know, I came from the Midwest and moved to California. And some people might be like, you're so lucky you moved to California. I felt like I was moving to another country that did not speak my language. It kind of is. I mean, I'm from like the cornfields and I understood cows more than I understood the woman, <laughs> the women out here. For real. That is not a lie. Like when I first came, because we don't have really like juice bars and women don't yoga is like kind of weird back there. Mm -hmm. And it's just so, so different, right? Meditation and people talking about all this different stuff. And while I was interested in it, I mean, the conversations were so different out here. I, re I just remember I was like walking down the street and I was like, are these real people? And now of course they're real people, but it didn't feel like I was even familiar with anything they were yeah. saying. It was so not real to me. I was like, where am I? Um, so when I moved here, I'm like, how am I going to 
how am I going to make friends with these people? Number one, I had to remove my goggles of thinking that I was different. And Mm. I think a lot of times we think that we are so, you know, I don't have any like-minded people around Mm. me. I'm the only one here. I can't find the people who think like me. I'm the only one who's doing, you know, listening to these podcasts or doing the work. Well, you will continue to only see that you're the one if that's the goggles that you believe. So true. So it wasn't until I realized I wasn't moving. So I was like, Lori, are you going to go back to the snow? And it was, my soul was like, you are not going. (laughs) You took 33 (laughs) years to get out here. You're not leaving or whatever I took. Um, So that was my first job. Like that was it. I didn't know how to do tribe after that. Like I had a, a, a fairly good idea of how to build somewhat of a community, but I had never built myself yeah. a powerful tribe. That is different. I could build a fitness community. It was very easy for me to lead a community, but it was not easy for me to be in the community. In the yeah. community. In mm-hmm. fact, it was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's why I always led them. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I figured that out and I was like, okay, let's start looking for the good stuff. Like what could you mm-hmm. learn from the curiosity superpower i was like i want to know about the people here like what makes Mm -hmm. them tick why is this green juice so good like tell me so that's what really started getting me to say wow these are really awesome people and then i started going to more classes because i thought okay what is one way that i know that i could tap into um just a community yeah right well we know that they're all around us we do and if we don't believe it we do have to take off those goggles because even in tiny towns i see communities yep um even if you have to go make pottery or paint or you know whatever that looks like exactly um so I said, okay, well, I love fitness. So why don't I just start there? Like, why don't I start going to classes? Why don't I do an orange theory in a soul cycle? So I started getting around that community. And then once I did that for a while, I was like, all right, well, I don't love going alone anymore. So what if I actually started talking to people there? And what if I started looking at hashtags, like looking on social media of who's Mm. going to what and doing what? So I thought, okay, I do events. I would love to know if there's women out here doing any small events. So I searched the hashtag women's events, LA, Mm. um, LA women's events, uh, event LA. And I just searched like crazy. And what came up was a couple girls putting on events and I could trace it back to who was putting them on. So I messaged this girl and I said, Hey, I see that you put on events here. I used to put on, or I, I put on events as well. Um, I would love to chat and see if maybe we could support each other and what that would look like. Um, I would love to go to coffee, just 30 minutes. I will come to you. Zero expectations. We don't ever have to meet again. That's literally what I, I wrote. It. I'm like, let her off the hook, right? Yep. We don't ever have to meet again. If it's great, great. If we can support each other, great. If not, awesome. We had a great coffee. You know what I mean? That was it. And it was just such a nonchalant, like I would love to connect and see if I can support you. And if we can trade ideas, I had said that too. So, um, she was like, sure. And I had a lot of no's, like I had a lot of no's and I had a lot of people who just didn't respond, who saw the message and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but that girl is Sarah Pendrick. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So someone who I'm literally great friends with now, and we're we're actually going to do like a little event together and I've spoken at her events and she's come to my events. Mm. Um, so that was just one example, but I did that over and over and over. And then I decided if I wanted a real group of friends here, if I wanted to actually feel like I had women to rely on that I was going to have to friend date. Yep. So I friend dated every Monday for about six months, I think. And it was like, you know, I just, I did an orange theory every Monday Mm -hmm. for a year. And I was like, I'm already doing this orange theory. And Chris was doing another workout on Monday. So Mm -hmm. it was perfect. It was like, we were already, Mm -hmm. we were already separate. Um, there's a coffee shop right next door to this orange theory. I thought, I'm just going to set myself up for success. I'm going to invite women. Yes. Yes. So I would invite them to that orange theory and then we'd go to that Starbucks oh and God. grab a coffee for 20 it. or 30 minutes afterward. And I used the same message over and over and over. I went on so many friend dates that I like, I actually thought it was going to be a normal thing in my life. Um, where I just did that forever because I enjoyed it so much. But I got to the point where now I have like a really good community of friends that yeah. I want to see them. Yeah, yeah. And not bring repeats. in even more yeah. friends, mm-hmm. you know? So that's how I built that I community. It. Like even, um, oh God, I- I'm trying to think of just all of these women in these communities that I know now, if we mutually know them. But anyway, it's just yeah. these groups of women that I met through that. Through that. Well, and I love about what you're saying too, because 
sometimes when people listen, they're like, oh, easy for you to say. Mm. And hear what Lori said. She moved out here. She's a girl from the Midwest. She felt like she didn't fit in, which was a theme. Mm -hmm. And she just got creative and got curious and took initiative because friends don't come to you. I know some of my best friends today, literally I've asked them, hey, do you want to be friends? Like, all of all of mine, yeah. It's it's just, and then that intention is there, and then mm-hmm. you just put effort into it. Mm-hmm. And I've shared on this podcast before. My ex husband was very helpful because he had a group of friends, and when we uh, first got together, I really didn't. I had like certain people, but I was kind of always that like one person. It was before I really knew how to make friends, and before I like healed a lot of my issues around friendship and yes. everything like that. But he was the one that was like, you know, you've got to like put. In t- you got to ask people out and go mm-hmm. on friend dates and like put intention behind wow. it. You've got to make it a priority. Cause again, that brings us back to expectations. If you just expect them to come to you, expect to say hi to someone and them to initiate something like never. the worst thing you that's going to happen. Yeah. The worst thing that's going to happen is you don't get a response or right. someone says no, and that's okay mm-hmm. because the people that you're meant to be with will say yes. Yeah. I got so many no's I'm talking, I don't know, upwards of 30, 40, 50. I, I sent messages all the time. Yeah. Because I was so sick of being lonely. So yeah. I was like, you know, and, and LA is a little more tough, like right. for responses. It just, and then that, and that's okay. So yeah. it's just a numbers game. If you know it's more tough, send more messages. Yep. Like, and you, if you know people are going to flake, cause I definitely had my fair share of that as well. Um, then that's okay. You just do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not easy. That's what I want to point out. I actually hated doing it, to be honest with you. I liked once I was through part of the workout or into the coffee, but even during the workout, I was like anxious. Cause I'm like, Oh God, now we have to go to coffee. Like, cause I'm so, I was, I'm, I still battle really introverted ways mm-hmm. or, or maybe that's a story I'm still battling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, with certain energies, like there's a few energies where I'm just like right away. I'm like, Oh God, this is a home girl, mm-hmm. but there's others that aren't like that, yeah. that their, their, um, personality is a little bit underneath some stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. or they're a little bit harder to get to know, but I don't want to write them off. Right. Because there's so much amazing stuff under there. So yeah, I have to work a little harder, but maybe your husband or spouse had to work a little harder for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then how do you know when a friendship has an expiration date? Like when it's time uh, to set a boundary or complete it, or it's just, it's just toxic. Anybody listening to this, you already know. Mm, you yeah. already know the energy is gone or you feel Drained. so depleted. Mm-hmm. And that is there for you. That is not your fault. That's actually a gift for you from your, whatever you believe, creator, God, universe mm-hmm. saying the contract is done. The energy has left the building. It is now time for you to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like otherwise we would carry everyone with us. Right. And, and there wouldn't be room for the people that no. really need to come into your life. Exactly. Because you're going, I really believe we are, you know, we're evolving. We're going through different levels of our life. And in yeah. those different levels, you have to meet different people. Yeah. And it's, if we carried everyone, there wouldn't be, like you said, room for that next person who's meant to show you this whole new world. Yeah. I wanted to sing that. Like yeah. Ariel. Uh, <laughs> do you want to sing? I'll do it later. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, yay. <laughs> Just special for me. <laughs> um, so one of the sacred agreements is boundaries. Mm-hmm. What kind of boundaries are important in friendships? Mm. So bound a boundary is a line between your personality and life and someone else's. Mm. So when we think of, I can tell you where where you need a boundary immediately is where you are feeling either anxious or resentful. Mm. So those are the areas that you're like, oh, if I'm feeling resentful of this person, most likely it's because you are not setting a boundary. And when I say a boundary, it's you are, your personality is like blending into their life. You're just letting it, they're actually, um, you're kind of living their life and you're probably living on their terms. And here's the thing is if you're feeling resentful of them, it's, not even most likely their fault. Yeah. It's because we have not said no when they keep asking and we've never said, you know, this is not working for me. They may, they might not even know. Mm. Like if you have someone in your life who continues to ask you for favors, if you keep saying yes, I would keep asking you too. I know. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, well that that's why it's so important. If there's something that's not working for us in our life, if you keep saying yes, 
you are saying yes, right? You are inviting it in and you are, you're literally bringing it on yourself. So it's kind of like, that's where I just look, if I'm feeling anxious or resentful, that is that place where I know that I'm avoiding a tough conversation. Right. So I know right. it's my fault and it's really empowering to know that yeah. because that means that I can not leak my energy anymore, that I cannot exactly. give my power away to that person because I can get it back with a conversation and a boundary. And the thing about boundaries that I think everyone's scared of is, you know, we can say, oh, set a boundary there. And if it was that easy, people would be setting boundaries left and right. Mm -hmm. But when we set a boundary, I, in my personal opinion, from everything that I've learned, I think there's an equal ener energetic backlash to the boundary. And it's like, you can set a boundary with your parents or your family. And all of a sudden it's like, they do not like that. No, that's a, that, <laughs> I, when I teach about boundaries, that always comes up mm. is don't expect someone to be like, Oh my gosh, that's such a self-honoring choice. I completely <laughs> respect that. Thank you for verbalizing that to me. It's, it's, it's no. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. So I think that if we, and that's, so I talk about it all the time in the book, just with what's coming next. Right. Because I think we hear all these rules all the time or these, these ideas, these concepts of, okay, well release your expectations. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Set a boundary. Great. And it's, it's what comes after that makes people go back to the tribe. That's half fueling them yeah. or not fueling them at all right? Or draining the life out of them. So if we don't know the step two and the step three and the step four, and we don't have a tribe that keeps reminding us, oh, oh honey, step two is coming, but here's mm -hmm. how it's going to feel. Mm -hmm. And here's what you can do. Mm -hmm. And here, just remember that it's going to be hard and you're going to want to run back, yeah. right? If we don't have those people, we're going to go back to the only love that we have. I did that for so many years. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't have anywhere else. So I'm going to go back to the love that I know. Mm -hmm. And if you build so many people on the other side with this new version of love and this new version of like accepting you and seeing you, you're going to get really addicted to what it feels like to be you. Yeah. And you're not going to go back because you're going to remember how, how much better it feels feel so much better. on the other side. <laughs> so much better. It's so worth it. Yes. So two more questions. Okay. Well, there's two parts to the first question and then there's another question. Who is this book for and how does someone use it? So this book is for anybody who is either solo striving right now and wondering why they feel alone, mm -hmm. even though they're doing maybe what they love or they're on their way to doing what they love. Um, and this book, I mean, I don't want to be so broad with it, but this book is anyone who has had female relationships, yeah. um, who's either been hurt or, or is wondering why they can't get it this relationship or the relationships in their life to the next level. Yeah. Um, and honestly, anyone who's really struggling with moving to the next level and being authentic in their life. And when yeah. I say authentic, it just means feeling more like you becoming fully you stepping into your highest potential. If you know, if you can feel that yeah. in your life. Yeah. And it's so good. I was reading it this morning because I don't mm -hmm. have a copy yet. So I was reading it this morning in Lori's living room, which is weird to be reading an author's <laughs> book in their living room. And she's like walking across in her bathroom. Uh, I'm like, wow, I'm reading about your childhood right now. I'm like, it's not weird at all. Can you sure you smile while you read that? I'm feeling really self-conscious. Oh, but it's so good. There's so many great tips and, and you share a lot of your story mm. and you have not had an easy road. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, I didn't ask you too many questions about that because I want people to get the book mm. and really feel you and hear your words in it because it's, um, you've definitely overcome a lot, mm. overcome a lot. And I love that. And I acknowledge you for really using that to not only create a different life for yourself, mm but wanting to share that. Like mm. you are so that if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not special. You are, but mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really hold that. Like if I, if I can do this, anyone can. And I feel like you just have mm. this amazing life in so many ways that blows you away at times mm -hmm. that you just, it's so pure, your desire for everyone else to, to have this, mm. you know, and in their way, whatever that looks like for them. And mm. I just, I love that about you. You just, overflow with that, that caring and that mm -hmm. giving, but not from a place of depleting yourself. And mm -hmm. I think that that's really key mm -hmm. is your great friend to yourself. Oh, thank you so much for that. If I, it's, you know, as you, as you evolve on your journey, it's like, if, if I could summarize why I feel like I'm here, it's to, to say, look at where I came from and you can absolutely do it yeah. no matter where. And, no matter. and I know people's lives are far more traumatic than mine were, but at the same time, it's, it's making meaning of where you came yeah, from yeah. and that's it. Just make meaning whatever that is to you in a way that you love out of where you came from. 
So if you could go back and tell your younger self who felt separate and alone and mm. like she didn't belong, if you could tell her one thing, what would you tell her? Oh God. And you know, Christine, so Christine coaches me. So we do work around this. <laughs> and honestly, this has been so powerful, like inviting that little girl just into my life and either having her coach me or me talk to her. Like I use it weekly. Mm. <laughs> Yay. What would I, what would I tell her right now? God, I would, rem I would remind her just to be so her, like, do not let anyone dim the weirdness. Like every time someone says you're weird, like that is actually just like your superpower strength. Yeah. So take it as a massive compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything like people would tell me, oh, you're so quiet or mm. you're so, uh, yeah, I got shy a lot. Yeah. Too, shy like, or, or like, I don't know, just different things. And it's mm -hmm. like, own that in whatever way feels good to you. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, so where do, where's the best place for people to go? Um, you can go to atribecalledbliss.com and you can order the book from any retailer there that you love. Um, yeah, that's that's the main spot that you can learn all about all the book about and the building book. your tribe, all Yay. that good stuff. There's lots of resources. And definitely follow Laura on social media. She's amazing on social media mm. and you can see her goofballness <laughs> and, her, and, her, <laughs> and her awesome husband, Chris, and their amazing dog. And Ooh, just can we do a giveaway too? Yeah, let's do a giveaway. Okay, awesome. Okay. Um, so if they go to lauriharder.com forward slash free book, um, I want to give you guys we're giving away 20 books to your people. <gasps> 20? 20? Oh my God. I know. <laughs> this is a surprise for me. Yay. This is so exciting. Like, I'm like, wow, she's really surprised. It's amazing. Okay. Um, it was really a surprise. It really was. Um, I love your listeners. Like oh, I, me too. And I love your podcast. It's poured so much in and I'm just like, I'm obsessed with her. Um, mm. So lauriharder.com forward slash free book and we'll have the code word. Can we have it be over it? Just sure. so it's easy. Okay, so we'll do over it. Um, if you're over superficial friendships, we'll just do yeah. over it <laughs> yeah. um, as the code word. And Yay. we will send out those 20. And you will also, though, even if you don't get one of the 20 books, I'm sending them all a free one-hour workshop on the uh, seven sacred agreements. Amazing. So they will get that too. I love it. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for being so good to my tribe. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You're so good to my yeah. tribe. Well, and I know so our tribes, home. they intermingle. There's so they many totally that, yeah, that are mm -hmm. here because I of love me that. being on your amazing show. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. And before I sign off, just want to give you some useful car tips. Do you know that a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior? Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Well, here's another tip you may not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler car buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So they'll know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're more likely to enjoy a faster car buying experience by connecting with a True Car certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Experience. Some features not available in all states. 